If you have a, a, a Bible with you, you might like to turn to uh, Psalm 100, uh, Psalm 100, verses 4 and 5. So we're just going to spend just a few moments uh, just, just to focus on uh, this idea of worship in the overflow. And um, so if you, have a, if you have a Bible with you or you've got it on a smartphone or a tablet or you're using the U version or whatever version you're using, we're going to look at Psalm 100, 100, verses 4 to 5. It's going to come up on screen as well, but uh, you might want to check out what comes up on screen just in case so that you can see it for yourself. And, but it says in Psalm 100 verses um, 4 to 5, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness is to all generations, depending on which translation you've got in front of you and what's up coming up on the screen as well. But it says that the Lord is good, his loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness is to all generations. God's love endures forever, and his faithfulness continues through all generations. Just going to take just a few moments, so it's going to be short uh, shorter than I would normally speak on, but just to, just to look at um, the idea of an overflow of knowing God's presence and person uh, in our lives and how that's also linked to our worship and our worship life. And uh, just an observation, really. I, myself, I'm a work in progress, so there's just observations that, that I, my, from my own experience and observations of others. So first of all, if you look at the text there, um, in front of you, and that's, that's up on the screen, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Entry of the gates <clears throat> to the presence of God comes, it says there, with thanksgiving. And then it goes on to say, his courts with praise. <clears throat> so the idea is there that thankfulness brings entry through the gates into God's presence. And then it's as we come into praise that we come into the courts, the very center of his presence. First thing I would say is this, is that thankfulness changes focus. Thankfulness, but thankfulness of heart changes the focus of our minds and the geography of our hearts. Um, what thankfulness does when it's thankful towards God, so being thankful to God, being thankful for who God is, not only for what he does, but thankfulness, we can be thankful about many things and have a thankful type of heart, which is good, good medicine, and psychologists would say that, but thankfulness towards God, thankful heart of who he, for who he is, and being thanks to him, seems to change the, the, um, the geography of our hearts and our perspective. In other words, it changes our focus. In other words, we see differently. We see God. When you come and you're thankful towards God, you will see, you will actually see God. You'll focus on that which you're thankful for. And it depends where is your focus? Where is our focus in life? Our focus can be on our circumstance, and that's not wrong because I'm human. And so I'm going to be overwhelmed by my circumstance from time to time. When things go wrong, when life sucks, and, and that can be my focus. That's not wrong. I'm a human being. But thankfulness, a desire, an intention, and an intention, because to walk through the gates, there has to be an intention to get up and go. 
to get up and say, I want to get closer to you, God. If we want to see God, well, there has to be an intention of our desire to thank him for who he is. And so thankfulness changes focus. And you could say it changes our perspective. We see. So we, we're taken from our circumstance, others, and ourselves. So sometimes we think, I can't do this. And yet the word of God says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But often people say, you can't do that. They're saying church life, you can't do that. Or we can't do this. But we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We see God. We, we, so there's a, there are moments in our lives where we, we, we need to see God. And so worship isn't just singing songs. We're singing songs, but we're focusing on God. You notice all the time, our focus is on Jesus. And our focus is towards God through all the songs that we're singing. It's not focus on our church. It's not focus on how good, it, how good we are, but how good God is. And so thankfulness. So, so this is why the psalmist says, I will enter. So entry into the gates, through the gates to his presence. Entry to come towards God <coughs> comes through thanksgiving. Because it changes our focus, it changes our perspective. And we see. It's as if we enter. It's as if the veil, something's lifted. We can see. And so we see him. So it changes our focus. So second thing is this. Is that... Um, Thankfulness not only changes our focus, but it changes our feelings. There's, and it's not wrong to talk about feelings. And sometimes in church, we say, oh, oh, it's, you know. But thankfulness towards God will change how you feel. First of all, it changes your focus. We see him, perspective. And then it changes our feelings, focus, now feelings, not perspective, but we enter his presence. You see, we will feel loved. When you enter the presence, when you feel the presence of Jesus, when you, you know that Jesus, when the Holy Spirit is here, it's not wrong to say, we can feel, I feel loved, I feel peace, I feel hope, <coughs> I feel mercy. But first, it has to come with intentional, thankful, thankful for who God is. We might, life might suck, but God is, and we're going to look at this in a moment, because the psalmist says God is still good. And we'll look at that. And how can we thank, be thankful when life sucks? We're going to look at that in a moment or two. But so um, thankfulness then begins to change our feelings. Um, it's, it's, it, we come into his presence. If our focus has changed, perspective. Secondly now, it changes our feelings. We feel loved. We feel God. We, we enter the presence of God. It says we, we come <coughs> through his gates with thanksgiving into his courts of praise. Now something begins to happen. When we're thankful towards him, we, our focus is changed. Our feelings begin to change. We feel his presence. We feel love. God is here. And then it says, um, as we feel him, thanks, Lee. I appreciate that very much. It's very kind of you. I was drinking it. It's not much left because I've drunk it. That's exactly what I did. And uh, it's because I've been shouting the halal that my voice is nearly gone now. <clears throat> so as we... Um, uh, uh, our feelings are changed, and um, it's as we begin to, to feel, folk, change of focus, we begin to feel the presence of God as he fills our lives, that's when we move into what we call an overflow or a flow. Focus, feel, flow. It says, do you notice this? It says, I enter, you see the progression now. It says, I enter his gates with thanksgiving, and now the flow comes. It says, his courts with praise. Praise, the word here, is the ability abandoned, heartfelt, joyous declaration. It's like there's a flow coming. There's a torrent. Jesus said in the New Testament that rivers of living water would come from 
deep within your life and well up. It's the flow of God's love, of God's mercy, of his forgiveness, of hope, of a life forgiven in Jesus Christ, our sins forgiven. And you, you see here now it says, you will begin to flow with praise. Thanksgiving moves into a place where our focus has changed. We begin to feel his presence. We begin to be filled with love and hope and mercy. And it's then that the flow of praise, there's a torrent, there's a release. So, you know, you you don't have to be a Pentecostal or a charismatic to get excited. It doesn't matter what denomination. We're all Christians and there comes a flow of praise, a declaration, a release. And it's that, that point. Now, James James chapter 4, verse 8, James says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So as we become thankful, our focus, our perspective has changed. We begin to feel him. He draws near to us. It's absolutely biblical. It says in James 4, 8, we begin to know his presence as we begin to feel and we begin to be filled with a sense of hope and love and we become released to flow. As we're filled, we'll be able to overflow. We begin to flow with a sense of worship and adoration and love, and there comes a release in our hearts and in our, um, our lives. Now, if you come a bit further down, and you can see it there in front of you, it says, for the Lord. So it says, I'll enter his gates with thanksgiving. We've looked at that, this idea of focus and feeling. And his courts with praise. There comes this flow as we begin to know and feel his presence of the, of the, of the release of love and our abandonment and our declaration of joy and living for him. It says, give thanks to him with praise his name. And then it goes on, for the Lord is good And his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. This, our worship is based on a truth. And the truth is this, that God, number one, says there, you look at the the text in front of you in in, in verse 5 there. This is what our faith and our worship is based on. Now, worship isn't based on feelings, but you will feel good. But it's not based on that. If we come back when I feel lousy... I don't feel like worshipping. Sometimes when I feel good, I do feel like worshipping. But our faith isn't based, nor is our worship based on feeling anything, although you will feel the presence of God, which is great. It's based on truth. And so the psalmist says, for God is good. You see three things there. God is good, he's full of loving kindness, and he's always faithful. Even when you feel lousy, when you feel that life sucks, this is intrinsically true. This is true about God. It's truth. God is good. You'll often hear Christians will say, and I declare that sometimes over my life, when things aren't going well, even when things aren't going well in life, God is good because that's who he is. That's what he's made of. He's completely good. The Bible says God is love. God, I, do you know, <laughs> my family will know that I am not always good and I'm not always love there's a part of my human nature that will fall but God is completely never will fall is absolutely love is absolutely good it's very difficult to even imagine that because we imagine out of who we are we imagine from an earthly point of view but this is where the psalmist is able to come with intention to thank even when and dare I say this because I know what I feel like when life isn't good I feel that I 
just need a bit of, which we all need space, but I'm not going to do, I'm not going to turn that, I'm not going to look at the Bible, I'm, I'm going to keep away from Christians, I'll keep away from church life, I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to turn that page, I'm not even going to listen to that, that bit of Christian music. That's natural because we feel hurt, but at some stage, I've got to get hold of, and the psalmist got hold of this, is able to thank even when it's a challenge because it's based on truth, our faith and who we are. And the truth is this. The psalmist says it there. God is good. Second thing he says, he's full of loving kindness. God is full of mercy. God is full of grace. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Jesus said that. Jesus even said that. And uh, it says that he's always faithful. Never leave you. Never forsake you. Never abandon you. I try and thank God um, at, at least some point every day, at some point, every day, at some point, even if it's only just a few seconds, a few minutes. But I will always say, Lord, you've never let me down. Even on days when it's bad. Or on days when it's bad, I say even more. I declare, I, I recall. The Israelites often recalled how good God is. They would remind themselves that you have to pinch yourself sometimes. God is good. And I will, I will recall, I think of a time when God's not let me down, when he's pulled me out of something, and I, and I declare that over my life. It releases us to begin to thank, and then it takes us to a place where we will enter his presence. Now, if we are to overflow, if we're to be released in a sense of life, in the love of God, we need to fill our lives with this truth. This is the bottom line. This is the bottom line. We're to fill our lives with anything. We're to fill our lives with this truth, what the psalmist says. It will feed your soul and my soul. We need to feed our souls. Don't, if you're starved, you won't be very strong. You won't be very healthy. You'll fall at the first hurdle. I will fall. But so we need to fill our li- feed our lives, feed our souls, fill our lives with this truth. God is good. He's full of loving kindness. And he's always faithful. Now, that was in the Old Testament. If we jump now into the New Testament, we have Jesus. We have the Lord Jesus Christ who fulfills all of that. And we have a living relationship with him in the power of the Holy Spirit. I know in my own life, <clears throat> I, I, um, uh, my, Helen, my wife, uh, works as a uh, primary teacher in Western-on-Trent, school in Western-on-Trent. And uh, one day... Now and again, she'll forget, um, say, her iPad or her laptop, and uh, I get a little phone call to say, I left it at home. Could you pop it over because I need it for a lesson? It doesn't happen very often, but just the odd, odd occasion. On this one occasion, <clears throat> I got this call, and so I said, yeah, I'll bring your iPad over for you. But the, my car, Kevin Pete used an illustration this morning, but I have another, I have a similar illustration about driving on nearly empty. My car was registering 30 miles in the petrol tank. There's a little digital register that said 30 miles. I thought, 30 miles, Western on Trent, seven miles there, seven miles back, only 14 miles. I was in a bit of a rush. I thought, I'll get petrol when I'm back. So it, it, it's, it's, I found out it was a bit dodgy, put it this way. And um, I, got, I got to Western on Trent, and the gauge, the, not the gauge, but the digital thing went, went from 30 uh, to 15. By the time I got to Western on Trent, it was 15. I thought, I've only done seven miles. Oh, well, I've still got this amount to get back. And then um, on the way back, it should have been, it was okay. I did get back just in, just, just. But um, I didn't realize that there, you know, I got to the a bridge at Shardlow and the lights were red. And I had to wait there for a moment or two. 
And then uh, there was some stop-start traffic when I got into Sawley. And the, it went from 15 to 10. And then, as I was coming up the Willsthorpe Road, it was on three. I thought, oh, no, oh, no. And um, I managed to get into a garage, and it was on one. It had one mile left. It was just all vapor. It was just vapor in the tank, literally. I think I just sort of rolled in miraculously into the garage on the Willsthorpe Road. What I didn't cater for were the stop starts, the congestion on the road. And sometimes in our lives, if we are running a little bit empty, you don't realize it, you think you're okay. I've got 30 or 40 miles in the tank. I'm all right. But when something trips us up in life, the gauge can come down really quick. And, and then you get, you get into a bit of congestion, and this goes wrong and that goes wrong. It's better to live... Uh, Kevin, so Kevin this morning was saying the story, he always has two-thirds of a tank full or whatever it is. I, I probably don't do that. But it's, there's something about filling our... So what I'm saying is this. If we come back to this, God is good. He's full of loving kindness. And he's always faithful, says the psalmist. And I, want, I need to fill up my life on that truth. And that truth is in Jesus Christ. Quickly, look at this. Paul said... My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart, these, I think this is the, the, uh, a group of Christians, united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Jesus, everything, God is good, God is full of loving kindness, and he is completely faithful. All of that treasure, all of that treasure is now fulfilled in Jesus Christ. We can have a relationship with him. A bit further on in Colossians chapter 2. Look at this. This is amazing. Colossians chapter 2. Read it for yourself. It's the most amazing chapter I've ever read in the New Testament. In Colossians 2 verses 6 to 7 we read, says Paul, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. You want to live in an overflow, then God is good. He's full of loving kindness. He's always faithful. It's to know Jesus Christ. It's be rooted in him, founded on him, loving him. You can have all the other, other things, everything. There's lots of stuff in church life, but it's not something that we follow, but someone, and his name is Jesus. Not our church traditions, not even our pastors or teachers. It's Jesus Christ. And it's as we're full of him that we will overflow. Look at this. Jesus said, and with this we conclude, in John 10.10, this is from the Amplified. The Amplified is a version of the Bible which takes the Greek text and translates it completely. The nuances of the Greek language, okay? Which is really interesting to look at. It says this. It says in John 10.10, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. It's in the NIV. Look at this though. Really interesting the way the text is written in the original translation. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come, since is Jesus, that you may enjoy life and have it in abundance to, to the full till it overflows. Talk about overflowing of life. You, Jesus says, I am the truth and the life. And I have come that you might have life full, completely full. He keep pouring himself into you until you overflow with love Mercy, faithfulness, and kindness. So what is the key to the overflow of life? It's to live full of Jesus Christ till he overflows in our hearts and lives. 
And tonight, and so this morning, Kevin was speaking. Uh, if, if perhaps if the worship team would come back, we're going to just uh, sing close together. This morning, Kev Pete was speaking in, in Luke chapter 7 about the woman who came to Jesus and adored him at his feet. And she poured anointing oil on him and she wept uh, 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 on his feet. And then she wept with her tears on his feet. And then she wiped his feet with her hair. It's in Luke chapter 7. And he shared that. If you can listen, go onto our church website. You can listen to all these messages for free. Uh, we, don't, we don't make charges for anything. We want to resource the church. And so Kev was speaking this morning on this very fact about getting back to Jesus. And we mention it again tonight because everything is fulfilled in him. Everything we need is in Jesus Christ. And if we're full of love and hope and mercy, it's in him. And so he was sharing this morning that the woman just devoted her attention with extravagant love. And, she re- and he was saying we need to return back for our love for the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was saying this morning to some believers, maybe he'll hear this morning, and you need to return your heart's devotion back to Jesus. Maybe we've been knocked off track. And we just need to trust our hearts over to him. And so the key to our lives, he says, in, I've come that you might be to have life to the full till it overflows. In other words, live a life full of Jesus. Live a life full of Christ till he overflows in you. And that is to be filled with a sense of all who Jesus is. He's, full of, he's good. He's true. He's full of loving kindness. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. All those things that the psalmist said in Psalm 100 are now fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And it's not external that we have to call it down upon our lives, but he comes and lives in us. And that's why Jesus said, living water will flow out from you, in you, and out from you, so there's an overflow. And that comes as we set our hearts to live for him, thank him, focus on him, We'll begin to feel him. We'll begin to be filled with him. And then we will overflow in him. And that's what worship, as simple as that, is all about. Should we stand together? We're going to just sing. It's only him. It's all about him. It's only Jesus. And he loves you so much. He honestly loves us so very much. He's so amazing. And sometimes in our lives, it's just opening our hearts to him, to be filled 